one of the things I found very difficult was trying to get out of that old mindset of when I was 365 pounds with a 65 inch waist and standing at six foot one, I was incredibly fat and very uncomfortable. Putting on socks was a chore. Don't even get me started about issues with feet because all of that pressure on your feet, especially, and this is what's amazing. They say, oh, you gotta get out there, you gotta move more, you gotta start exercising more. You know, when you let yourself go, like I let myself go, trying to go for a walk, because that's the healthy thing to do, that was hard. And you know, they always say, well, you know, you have to choose your hard, right? Is it harder to be fat and try to do just normal things? Or is it harder not to be and just go through the pain of getting where you need to be, if that made any sense? So I had to look at it and looking back, it doesn't make any sense. 365 pounds, and I know some of you watching this are probably a lot bigger than that. Some of you are smaller. Whatever it is, it is. If you're not comfortable in your skin right now, if you think that being able to drop a considerable amount of weight is in your best benefit, well, this, this might actually help you. So when I was looking at it, I remember, you know, that was the general consensus. So I didn't lose much weight at all by any kind of exercise. Now, Tim, I'm a very big proponent of exercise. I think you should lift heavy things and put them down and do it again and do it over and do it over. I work out every day. I like to go for long walks during the week as well. I like to do high intensity interval training as well. I like to, you know, sit around in my zone two cardio in zone three sometimes and maybe zone four occasionally. Zone five, probably not, that's dangerous. But again, I like to play around like that now. When I was super fat, I couldn't. What I do remember though is when I finally was introduced to a book, The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. And it was, believe it or not, through my general practitioner at UCLA Medical. Now, that day when I went in to see her and I was incredibly distraught and fat, she recommended a book. Years later, when I went back and showed her the transformation going from a 65-inch waist to a 34, 32-inch waist, going from 365 pounds to 240 pounds, when I went back to show her, I remember she was very happy to see me, very surprised, wanted to do some tests to make sure I wasn't sick, and that's what was kind of cute. I guess if somebody loses a lot of weight, try it. If, if you're fat, go ahead and drop some weight and then go back and see your doctor again. Watch, watch them start to run all sorts of tests on you because they think you might have the C, the cancer. They think that you're dying and there's some massive tumor rogue inside of your body that's eating up all this extra fat and calories. That's what they think. So she asked me to take all these tests, so I did. But again, came out to be no, and I reminded her about the book, and she didn't recall that event ever transpiring. Fair enough. But I'm a big proponent. So it talks about fasting. Fasting for weight loss, but 
I've gone way past that as well because of my addictive nature. I also went into the realm of dry fasting also. So there's a lot of different components to it, which will help any one of you. But what you want to do for certain is you definitely want to do your own research and look into the benefits of fasting. I was still able to maintain those walks being that fat, but I had foot problems. I had stored uh, blood clotted in my lower calves, that reddening. I don't know if you've ever seen that on fat people's calves. My calves had that. It was kind of a, a reddening and a yellow because of all the pressure and all the fat and my circulation being horrible because I was that big. And, you know, here in my mid, approaching my mid-50s now, I'm in better shape than I've ever been. Even when I was a cop, I'm stronger, leaner, faster, balder, that whole nine yards. Something to check into. It worked very well for me. Um, again, her recommending the book is no kind of medical endorsement. I'm not a medical doctor. But I found it. And it worked well. After some time, practicing and I'll give you this bit of advice if you want to be good at anything you have to practice they, they say that it's not sustainable to eat a meal every other day for a while isn't sustainable and nothing else in between except water and, and black coffee but no nothing that has calories in it no snacks so that's, that's, a, that's a really nice healthy way to drop some great weight. And especially if when you do your refeed every other day, when you're eating your meal every other day, you're not stretching it out to four hour window or a, you'll hear this, a six hour window, eight hour window. To be frank with you, if you give me, you give me two hours to eat, I can do some damage in two hours. So those windows don't help me. I say it as a meal. So the one meal a day, or the 16-8 where you have an 8-hour eating window, 16-hour fasting. These are all things for you to research and look into. But it was much better for me to look at it as my refeed meal. I normally only eat once a day now. Um, I might have an additional protein shake sometime in the morning. It just depends. Maybe post-workout, maybe 30 minutes after. But I do that a lot of times without anything if I'm on a little fasting cycle, maybe a quick 24 or 48 or 72. Maybe I want to play with a little bit of dry fasting. Uh, currently, right now as we speak, I started at 1,500 hours Saturday, November 25th, right? Yeah, November 25th. So I've been dry since then. So I haven't had any liquid, no water, no coffee, no food, of course. Nothing with calories. Nothing has gone into my mouth. It's a soft dry fast, so I still am staying in contact with water. So I took a shower this morning. That feels good. If I get weird or something, I'll go, you know, splash water on my face. But, you know, true dry fasting, those black fasts, those hard dry fasts, are without contact with water. Because your skin is a little absorbent, right? So believe it or not, you, you're dehydrated. They put you in a, some water, a bathtub. You'll put weight on just through the absorption of the water through your skin alone. So you go dry for a little while, giving your body a chance to manufacture, because there is a process, manufacture its own water. 
and this does this kind of simply. Basically, whenever you're losing weight or fat, you're only uh, losing size. You're not destroying a fat cell. The fat cell is still the fat cell. It just shrinks. So you shrink all of them, and you can get down and look beautiful and all those different things. However, if your body has to make water, if you're not drinking enough, or you're, you know, in the Sahara Desert, you're without water. If it has to do that, it can do that. And it does it pretty effectively. So it'll make up to a liter to a liter and a half of something called metabolic water. How does it do it? It uses fat cells, believe it or not. Inside the fat cells is hydrogen. Well, to make water, that's H2O, right? Yeah, water, H2O. So to make water, you need hydrogen. So what the body does is it basically it destroys a fat cell, capturing the hydrogen, combines it with the oxygen the human being is breathing, and then that makes water, H2O, right? Two atoms hydrogen, one of oxygen, H2O. So now you have your body making water. That's something else to look into, the dry fasting. There's not a lot of literature on it. There's not a lot written. A lot of the studies were done out of Russia. You'll find some of those, dryfasting.info. I think you can buy those publications there. <clears throat> it's, it's just a different level. It's a different thing. And again, do your research. Talk to your doctors. Believe it or not, we probably, and this, I've heard this from a lot of folks, we really weren't made to eat constantly all day long or graze all day long. Or, you know, I'm going to try a little bit of this, a little bit of that all day long. We really weren't meant for that. Our bodies aren't used to that. And then compound that with all the crap that's so easy to get and so cheap that we can eat, so satisfying. I mean, if I were going to give you a Big Mac or a McRib or your favorite French fries or favorite burger or favorite whatever or tree bark... What's going to be good? Well, you're going to get your favorite whatever. Tree bark, eh, doesn't really do it for me. But tree bark fixes a lot of problems, I would suppose. What I mean is this. Food is so wonderfully tasting today. And I mean the processed stuff. The stuff in the wrappers, the stuff with an ingredient list, the stuff in the inner aisles of most supermarkets, close to checkout. All that stuff is manufactured food manufactured calories. It's not really healthy. It's not an egg. It's not a piece of chicken. It's not a piece of turkey or a steak. It's nothing like that. It's processed. And when you're, it, it's so wonderfully tasty to your body, it's very easy to become addicted to it. It's hard to eat chicken breasts all the time and white rice without any kind of condiments and no salt. That's hard, but that's a personal choice. Yeah, it's great to go out with your friends and have a great night and drink and drink and drink and do this. But that doesn't fit within my lifestyle anymore. So I just don't go. The same thing when it fell in line with food. My lifestyle became very different. It wasn't social gatherings around food or around eating. It was now social gatherings around walking or maybe going for a run or going to the gym or going shooting or going for a hike. Something of that nature, but things change. Instead of sitting at home and wanting to eat and watch TV, we'll play a board game or, you know, read some poetry or read a book. 
you know, read it out loud, read the Bible, do some praying, do some meditation. It's a different lifestyle. It, it works. But again, you have your own. I'll leave you with this. The best thing I ever did was finally getting rid of my fat. The best thing. I want to say I wish I would have done it earlier, not waited until I got my 50s. I don't think I would have appreciated it earlier. I think I needed a life-changing event to really appreciate what I've done and the timing of it because it is fantastic. So if you're watching me and you're watching this, get some inspiration from the fact that there are people out there that can do this. And if you want to, you will. Talk to you soon.